Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The final four, March Madness gets going again tomorrow, and what a wild final four it is. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is Michael DeCourcy of Sporting News, College Hoops uh, columnist for the Sporting News, joining us right now. Michael, thank you for the time. How are you doing? I am well. How are you guys? We're doing great, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Really appreciate it, as always. Oh, I'm happy to do it. Uh, all right, Michael, let's just start with these four teams. Is there one of these four that, in your mind, stands out as, uh, I don't want to say as a better story than the others, but just as, as one that really is standing out to you? Well, I uh, actually no. I mean, I think stories are kind of what this Final Four is all about, uh, because in this particular year, unlike last year in particular, especially uh, when we had Kansas Carolina, Duke, and Villanova was the uh, let you know the, sort of the off Broadway production. I mean that's how that's how great that last year's Final Four was in terms of history. This year, what we have are a lot of interesting and uncommon teams to make it. San Diego State. I just wrote a piece this afternoon about how in 2020 they went 30 and one. They won 30 of their first 31 games. They lost on a buzzer beater in the Mountain West Championship. And they were looking at probably an NCAA tournament two seed, and it was the greatest team in their history. And they were thinking they would be the team that would make the Final Four out of San Diego State. And and then uh, and then all of a sudden the world shut down, and they're still connected to this team. Uh, I talked to KJ Fagan, who uh, is playing in Australia, and he reached out to Darian Trammell, who was the star of last weekend's games in the NCAA South region. In the, in the middle of the year when Darian was struggling and having a terrible time, and K.J. reached out and said, hey, look, it's not you. I did the same thing when I got there. It took me a, a while to figure it out. But I, but it just do what you used to do at your previous school, and it'll all work out. And, and then all of a sudden last week, Darian's the most outstanding player at the regional, and, and I talked to him today, and he said that K.J. reaching out like that really mattered. That's what the best programs do. Uh, as Wolf knows, they have that culture that isn't just the, the 12, 13 guys in the room. Uh, it's also something that precedes and, and, and follows through after players go through. They, they, they continue that culture, and they, and they make sure that they hold their current players accountable. Yeah, that is a beautiful thing right there, Michael. Okay, look, you, you've got a nine, you've got a five, you've got a five, and you've got a four. You know where I'm going with this. I love this, but is this good for college basketball? I, I think that the NCAA tournament is good for college basketball every year. It reminds everybody what a magical event it is, why it's why the regular season. I have, I have friends who say, oh, the regular season doesn't mean anything. Well, I'm involved with Fox Sports in projecting the NCAA tournament field every year. Uh, I, I start at the end of December, and I go all the way through Selection Sunday, and I know how hard it is to get in. It's a challenge. Uh, it, it teams... Some some very solid teams could not quite get done what was necessary to get done to get in. And so it, that infuses the regular season with meaning. And then the games themselves, if they all fell according to C, the tournament wouldn't be as exciting as it is. So the fact that we have a less uh, attractive, glamorous Final Four 
I don't I don't think that's a bad thing for college basketball. I'm not sure that would be great every year, but I also don't think that if this if this tournament rates as badly or this Final Four rates as badly as some of the people who cover that stuff are suggesting, it has no impact on anybody. It might mean CBS has to do a couple of free commercials for some of their sponsors. <laughs> I mean, that's really all that matters. Like, right. That's the only impact. Right. It, the truth is that if let's just use some fantasies, and this is strictly a fantasy suggestion here, it's not going to happen. It's not probably even possible. But let's just say this was a really badly rated Final Four, and CBS and Turner said, that's it, we're done. Okay, so if you took the NCAA tournament and put it on, on into this market, for live sports and what people are paying for live sports, whether it's the great contract the Big Ten got this last year or what the NFL's doing, et cetera, and you put it in this market, it would probably be at least 25% higher than what Turner and CBS are paying. <laughs> right. uh, they, they, would get, they would be able to get even more, maybe 50%. I've heard, I've heard it's undervalued by at least 50% from people. So it, it doesn't even a badly rated Final Four won't impact that. It just—it's just something that people who cover the media talk about. But I, I tend to prefer to worry about things that have an impact, and this would not. <laughs> Michael Tacorsi is joining Sounds us like right you, now. Uh, Michael, we're—we're kind of you know zeroed in on Danny Hurley here, with obviously with the ties to Bobby Hurley at ASU. It—it um, it would seem that UConn would be the favorite right now, although this tournament, they're really every favorite has gone out. But what do you make of the Huskies? Well, what's interesting about them is that there are a few elements that every NCAA champion going back two or three decades has had. And in some cases, four decades. Like Miami of, Ohio, excuse me, Miami of Florida, the Hurricanes are practicing now. And their center is six foot seven. He's wonderful. Norchado Mir, he is a fantastic player and he's strong and physical and hard to play against. But he's six foot seven. It's, it's harder to protect the rim when you're that size. And that, and that impacts their defense. They're the 105th defense in the country, and they're here in the Final Four. We haven't had a team that has won a national championship with a 6'7 center since Magic Johnson won it in 1979, and their center was Jay Vincent, who was listed at 6'7. Wow. That's, I mean, that's so long ago. I was in college. <laughs> uh, you're, you're talking about the fact that you used to you you almost always or always going back to 1987 have had to have a first round pick on your roster and when i look at this now it's not always easy to be 100% on this but when you look at this final four the only team that seems to have that sort of player or players is is connecticut which has at least one and possibly two such players uh, the others don't seem to have those players and then the, uh, the effectiveness component, the performance component. Every team going back to 2002 but one, the 2014 Connecticut Huskies, have been top 20 in, in the nation in defensive efficiency and offensive efficiency, mm. according to Ken Pomeroy's stats. So every, the only team that's here that meets those qualifications universally is UConn, and most of the teams that are here don't meet either any of those three qualifications. Wow. So. If UConn doesn't win it, then what's going to happen is going to be essentially unprecedented. Wow. wow. That is some good stuff That's right there, Michael. I, do solid. you think, Michael, do you think, based on what you just said, UConn is your favorite? You, you think there's. They are. Okay. Yeah. It, it, what, it, what's, what's interesting about those facts, though, is that I mentioned is that usually you have at least two teams that come here 
and have those, and sometimes three, and maybe even four, rarely four, but it, it happened in, in 2008, we had four that all had everything, and it just didn't work out for, for three of them. Uh, but this you know, this year, it's one, so if they don't do it, then, uh, then we're entering new territory. Wow. Michael, we appreciate the time. I know it's a, it's a, a crazy weekend here coming up for you and everything, but uh, we appreciate the, I, I, everything you just said about what uh, what a national champion usually has. I wrote it all down for my bracket picks next year, so thank you. <laughs> well, you might have to tear it up if, if Monday night at San Diego State holding up the trophy, that's, so we'll see. That's true. Michael, well, you're the best, man. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate uh, your well, time. Anytime for you. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Luke. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. Uh, that's Michael DeCourcy of Sporting News right there. I tell you, that break breakdown of why UConn, if they wow. didn't win, would be almost unprecedented. Is Yeah, it would be almost unprecedented right there, and it puts a lot more pressure, I think, on Dan Hurley than maybe some of the other coaches. Yeah, it's, uh, it is your last shot to participate in the madness. Text Bucks to 620-620 and choose from the last four teams for your chance to win $250. That's Bucks to 620-620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. All right, when we come back, just how important is it for the Suns to avoid that play-in? One of the team's starters spoke on that very thing. We'll tell you what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. All right, thanks to Mike DeCourcy for joining us last segment. And I um, wasn't kidding. I wrote down all those. <laughs> I knew the Ken Palm thing. That that was like, yeah. a, in, in with at least within the industry for a while, when I peripherally worked on college basketball, that was a you know if you're trying to fill out your bracket, just go adjusted offense or adjusted defense on Ken Palm. That usually gets you. I didn't even realize some of the other stuff he was saying dating back like 40 years with the uh, the center and yeah. I, I mean, if that doesn't make you confident that UConn's going to win, what does? Yeah, no, he he definitely was confident UConn would be the team right now. And again, I think immediately of the pressure that puts on them. I just <laughs> because did. if he's saying it, Michael DeCourcy is he's synonymous with college oh, yeah. basketball. Yeah, and uh, if he's saying it, yeah, that that means there's a lot of people out there thinking it, and that's where the pressure builds. Isn't that right? Uh, back over to basketball and. Um, there will not be any audio in this segment, Wolf, as the computer has just told me it is done. Oh, no. <laughs> so You're kidding me. What I was going to play, right I wanted there. to play this Josh Akogi cut, but uh, it's gone. So I'm not going to try and do a Josh Akogi impression, but I'm just going to say this. He talked about the importance of avoiding the play-in, which is something that we have been talking about and everybody has been talking about. But, you know, on the show, I, I've, as I've said multiple times, that's a lot more important to me than home court advantage. Now, when we had Jay Williams on yesterday, Jay Williams brought up the the very important points of yeah, but guys play better. Role players, Josh Okogie's play yeah. better when you have uh, you know home games in the playoffs. But um, to me, it's 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 the play in that you have to truly avoid. Devin Booker talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago. Actually, now this might work. So here we go. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Bear with me. This is Josh Okogie talking about the play in. I don't think anybody wants to do the play in. <laughs> Right, we played in the play-in last uh, year, and uh, I mean, that kind of atmosphere, I, it was gruesome. It felt like the TBT, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, I mean, obviously we won, and we were able to secure the seventh 
about last year, but man, if you if you're like a seventh seed, an eighth seed, and you know typically you'll be a a playoff team, and then you could fall out like like the Clippers did last year when um, New Orleans beat the Spurs, then they beat the Clippers, and they're the eighth seed. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think if you're a seventh or eighth seed, you want to be in that position. But I, I think it makes it more fun though. But not necessarily fun for the seventh or eighth, but fun in general. Yeah. You know, hopefully, Basin Orleans, you're going to go out there as a professional athlete, of course, and you're going to focus on winning every game. You're going to be myopic in your approach and how you prepare to actually play in these last six games. You're going to try to win every game, obviously, with everything you've got right now. I would like to see, and I've been talking about this for a while, I would like to see the Phoenix Suns get a little greedy I would like to hear them actually talk of getting a little greedy, as a matter of fact, and saying, hey, we're the four seed right now, and that's probably, that's our, that's where we're going to be, of course, barring some type of disaster that might happen, but we're going to be the four seed, and that's our goal, is to make sure that we're, we're going to have a home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. That's what uh, yeah. I, I, I. We're not looking at the playing tournament. I don't know what you're talking about. We're focused on winning every game, and we're going to approach it as if we need to win. We must win every game because we want to stay right where we are at the four seed. And if somehow, some way, disaster strikes and we get up to a three seed, that's going to be great. It, it's interesting to hear his perspective, though, because that's a guy who has been in the playing. He just said it right there, and it was nasty last year for Minnesota, uh, and they they made it out of it. But it's just that is extra. You know, everybody has a different view on why you don't want to be in it if you're a good team. Because remember James Jones a couple weeks yes. ago, Burns and Gamble asked him about it, and he basically said that's another chance for guys to get injured. However, you want to look at it, that's the GM way to look <laughs> no, at it. No, not that James. Anything but that. But I think there is an element. There's obviously an element of truth to it. If you don't, if you don't have to play in the play in. You're not starting till the weekend, right? His regular season ends for the Suns on April 9th. The playoffs, the actual playoffs, start the next weekend, the 15th and 16th. If you're in the play and you're like playing on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then if you lose that one game, you're either out or you get one more game, depending. It's like you don't want to deal with that if you are trying to actually win a title. And so I hear what you're saying, especially after beating Minnesota the other night. It doesn't even have to really be a focus anymore for the Suns. Just keep winning games and and you'll everything will take care of itself yeah you know i i yesterday you brought out the fan duel you you literally took your phone and said sons are favored i can <laughs> that's yeah. what the sons are favored favored to win the west they are favored to win the west right now yep you know what and here it is luke i i keep talking about it but embrace it you're yeah exa- yeah we are we we are the favorite Okay, what are you going to do with that? So many guys. Um, I know for myself, Basin Onions, the underdog mentality. Oh, man. I, I just, I cultivated that. I nurtured that inside of me. I fed that beast, so to speak. The underdog. Nobody respects you. You're a kid from 45 Hudson Road. You lived on a dead-end street that emptied into a gravel pit. Okay? You lived, you grew up in a rich town filled with doctors and lawyers. Do you understand, Ron? I mean, I played that underdog card big time. 
some some pros um, will do that as well. I would love to see the Suns just embrace the fact they are the favorite. Hey, we got six games. Let's go play that way. Let's go do this. Get the mind right for what you're going to do in the postseason. Embrace the talent that is on this team. Recognize the fact that you still have got to bring the toughness. You've got to do that. But recognize you've been given the goodness of the talent on this roster. Boy, now go play. If you want to, if you want to play the underdog card, I'm looking at since you brought it up, the favorites in the Western Conference on Fanduel. The Suns are favored. Uh, the Nuggets are a pretty close second. Then it's Golden State. Then it's Memphis. Then it's the Clippers. I haven't said Sacramento yet. Then it's the Lakers. Then it's Sacramento, who, by the way, is third in in the Western Conference and only a couple games behind Denver. Think about it right there. Once again, yeah, they've got the underdog going. They got that card, and they're going to play that card. But right now, can you imagine? This is why tonight's game is really interesting. The Suns have six games left. Ladies and gentlemen, and here come the Denver Nuggets. Oh boy, the Denver Nuggets, 51 and 24. Boy, that sounds real good right there, doesn't it? 51 and 24 right now, the Denver Nuggets. Do you think the Suns care about sending them a Sicilian message? <laughs> you know Can't what hurt. I mean? Can't like, hurt. hey, if we happen to see you again, remember this, okay? They've got another game left. Well, yeah, and that's an interesting thing to bring up because most of these games, it's been like, oh, you know, this one probably means more to the Suns than the opposition, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I wonder who this one means more to tonight. That's a great observation, Logan. Because the last time we saw Denver play the Suns in a playoff series, Denver got embarrassed. They got run off the floor, and Nikola Jokic and his two giant brothers were angry at the end of that series. That's what I remember. <laughs> he was angry that day. And Suns and Four guy, obviously. So yes. they, they probably look at the Suns like we owe them. That's that's a great observation, dude. But if you want to talk about a Sicilian message, and this is on this is on the table now, anytime the Suns are playing fully healthy, I don't think this will happen tonight. But when you have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, the possibility is out there. You just go out there and blow a team out by twenty. You know what I mean? And, and I'm and I'm not saying if Jokic doesn't play. I'm saying like, what if Jokic plays tonight and the Suns go out there and win the game by eighteen? Yeah, that's sending a message. Yes. Yeah. No. And, that, and they're capable of that now. They're capable of doing that right now. I just uh, I know that they play him one more time as mm-hmm. well, but I believe that will be game number eighty of the season for the Suns. And anytime you get to that point and that close to the playoffs, who knows what the Denver Nuggets might do? Yeah, they, they might be sitting. Guys. They might be sitting guys down in that game. I think tonight is going to be their opportunity to send them that Sicilian. Message: Luca Bronze sleeps with the fishies, and oh, by the way, Kevin Durant looks nothing like Luca Bronze. Did you ever watch the uh, the offer, the series on the making of the Godfather? No, no, you no watch it. it's good. It just came Is out. It really? It came out. It just came out last summer. It's really oh, good. Man. Yeah. Are you being serious? Yes, it's really good. <laughs> okay, you're not just setting me up to rip me later. <laughs> no, okay? it's a good show. I've watched it okay, twice. The offer. I never watch anything. Luca Bronze. Yeah. It's a good, well, there's, a, there's a good Luca Brazzi story in the uh, in the movie. 
or TV show, whatever it is. Uh, here's Josh Kogi real quick on the biggest thing the Suns have to work on over these final six games. I feel like our our, our, our talking, you know, our communication, and our transition defense. I feel like we can you know talk to each other, uh, bench talking, the guys on the floor talking, everybody's on the same page at all, at all times during the game. I mean, we're gonna mess up, stuff is gonna happen, but if we can talk our way through through, through stuff, I think that we're gonna be going to that next level that we can that we can get to. Makes sense. They haven't played together before. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, they've played together a couple games, but... Communication is so critical. It is. It's amazing. You know, it's just how much talk. I think people would be stunned how much chatter is really going on. And I'm not just talking about in the game of basketball. I'm talking about football as well, hockey. Uh, hockey, you have to. Otherwise, guys oh, just wander away. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I, I think people would be stunned how much conversation is really going on during a game. Now, again, when a play is, when a play is actually unfolding in the game of football, it's not like you're like, okay, yeah, I got him. Over here, I'm gonna be. You know, you're not. You're not communicating. Then it's it's in between plays. The communication would be stunning. I think to a lot of people, well, especially. I mean, basketball and, and hockey. Similarly, they do talk a lot during the play because it's yes. just it's ongoing. You don't you, really you have, have to. Um, all right, text us your thoughts to the Fandle text line at six twenty six twenty right now. All right, we were uh, we we're hoping maybe or at least Wolf was hoping this would happen. A certain former Cardinal is uh, not coming back to Arizona, though. We'll get into that and some other NFL. News next. It is Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back. It is Wolf and Luke on a Friday morning for another. Big weekend around the world of uh, basketball, both pro and college, obviously. Baseball going, but uh, still, it is NFL season year-round, Wolf, and the draft is not that far away, and you still have teams positioning and, and sort of jockeying around. What do you always call it? Subterfuge? Yes, draft subterfuge. Well, there's out, there's there's more of it now with the Raiders, who were like, uh, well, yeah, we're out on uh, Jalen Carter, or actually, we're in on Jalen Carter, or I don't know. Believe nothing right now. Seriously. At this point, you, you could get a general manager who would step in front of the microphone and say something that is the absolute truth and nobody will believe him. Yeah. Nobody. Not this time of year. I'm at the point now where I find this stuff fascinating, but not because of what they're saying. It's the, why are you saying it? Oh, no. This is why I love this. This is the grassy knoll right here. Why? There's a why to everything. What's your why? Right? You get a lot of people walk around saying this all the time. Look, what's my why? What's your why? Well, it's kind of a big question to answer, especially when you hear anything. When the rumors come out, ask, what's the why here? Why is this happening? And who benefits the most? Aren't you supposed to write like what your why is down on like paper and carry it around or like on your own forehead or something? I don't know what it is. Yeah, honestly, um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you hide it in your heart. Whatever your why is. Oh, so you don't want to write it on your own face? No, you don't have to do that. Okay. Permanent marker. (laughs) I think what it is, you're supposed to write it on a piece of paper and keep it with you. Yes. I don't. I mean, if it's if it's that simple of a why, you would think you could just remember. Why am I doing this? Yes. Because I. I don't know, want to quit my current job and work somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but sometimes you're not going to write, write it down on a piece of paper. You oh, just put saying. it in your heart. You like, what's to. your why, Ron? God, that's my why. Yeah, so you don't have to write that down. Don't have to write that down. 
just put that in your heart. Why do you think Josh McDaniels, like what is his motivation to say Jalen Carter is still on the Raiders draft board? They're picking at seven. Carter may very well be there at seven. Um, So is he saying that because he wants to leave open the possibility of teams trading up to seven if he is there? Or is it just the Raiders and everything they say is a lie? You know, you know, stop and think about it right now. What do you gain from telling other people that you've taken Jalen Carter off your draft board? <laughs> See, there's your answer. What do you gain from telling other people you've taken Jalen? Boy, how about the Raiders? Boy, how have they changed over the years? Isn't that right, Al Davis? Uh, how have the Raiders changed over the years? Think about it. Um. Yeah, we've taken him off our draft board. What do you gain from saying that? Nothing. See, what do you gain from Josh McDaniels coming back and saying, that report is just false. He hasn't been taken off our draft board. <laughs> now, right? You want to keep everyone else guessing as to what it is you're doing. This time of year, this is what you do. The, the wall is black. You say it's white. What are you talking about? It's white. It's a proof that it isn't. I always think of Bruce Arians when he he would just flat out say, yeah, I'm going to lie to you at some point. Yeah, I and, know. And probably multiple times. And he'd say, baby. Yeah, well, he would. He'd say it after time. I'm going to lie to you, baby. <laughs> it's like Bruce Arians just walked in. Um, Calais Campbell, by the way, did you see this? I know this breaks your heart. This is not like this morning. It's a couple days ago, but he is signing with uh, a different team that is not the Arizona Cardinals, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I saw that. A guy can dream, right? I mean, he is 36 years old. We all know that. So he, I will say this. That means he obviously still wanted to play. And it wasn't a, I'm only going to play on a team that's that's going to win the Super Bowl because Atlanta's not winning the Super Bowl this year. Calais is awesome. He's going to make them rip the jersey off his back. That is that is an old mentality. That is an old school mentality right there. Based on his, do you think Calais Campbell has made some jack in his NFL career? He's made an awful lot. He's 36 years old. How much does he love the game? He loves the game enough. Even though he is set, he and his family is set, and I think Elias will back me up on this one, set for life, and yet he's going to come back and he's going to play another year. I don't know personally why he's doing it. I do know the Atlanta Falcons guaranteed him $7 million. Did you see that? That's a good reason why he's doing it. A one-year contract guaranteed $7 million, which could, based on incentives, kick to $9 million. That's why the Arizona Cardinals did not sign isn't Calais Campbell. Isn't that technically more? Well, I guess that's not fair. It could be more than Byron Murphy's getting paid. Like, Byron Murphy's base salary is right. less than what Calais Campbell's incentive salary would be, yeah, for a year. So yeah, that, that's so, probably why the Cardinals were not in on Calais. You can just see it. You know, so much of the time, too, I was so thankful, Basinonians. I'm, I'm so thankful to God that I got to play my 10th year in the National Football League because 1994, I sat out with a bad back. I could not pass Bill Belichick's gasser test because it was a stamina test and I had um, a, a 
vertebrae that had slid forward, so I couldn't I couldn't pass the gasser test. And man, that bummed me out in 1994. It was a, the hardest year of my NFL career, and it was because I was not playing and I did not get to say goodbye to the game that I loved so much. 1995, I got one phone call. One team would give me a shot with my bad back being what it was. And it was the St. Louis Rams. And I came back and played that year. And I was so thankful that I got the opportunity to say goodbye to the game that I loved. I'm wondering. It's not like the Atlanta Falcons are going to win a Super Bowl. They're not at that point yet. I'm just wondering, Calais. Maybe he just wants to say goodbye to the game. Maybe he just wasn't ready to do it. Obviously, he was not. And they're going to pay him $7 million. Uh, yeah. Guaranteed. If somebody's going to pay you, if, if, you're, if you're on the fence at all, and I imagine everybody that retires on, on some level is on the fence, even if they know, like, this is what I want to do or this is the right thing. I'm sure you still have moments. When you're, if, you're leaving, if you're leaving playing a professional sport, I'm sure you still have moments of, like, man, once I leave, I really can't come back, you know, unless I'm Tom Brady. But really, when you retire, you're leaving. Or Brett Favre. Maybe this isn't the best analogy. Favre. But uh, if somebody then comes along and is like, hey, I know you're kind of going back and forth. What if I give you $7 million to take this option? Okay, yeah. Where do I sign up? Yeah. Well, that's why right there. You know, we ought to try to get Calais on in the future. Let's try to do Do that. Get him down. Get him on talk. This is is one of the best guys you'll ever meet. Uh, Real quick. NFL jerseys going to zero. How do you feel about this? Yeah, the the zero. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that it's taken them this long. So why? I saw. The, I mean, the NBA you can go zero, you can go double yeah. zero, like you can every variation of zero. And last time I checked, there's only five players on the court on an NBA team, and there's yeah. only like a dozen players on the team, maybe a couple more. I'm surprised they they didn't do this a while ago. But it's well, they a big used deal. to allow it. Yeah. They used to allow it. Jim Otto. Famous Hall of Fame center Jim Otto was double zero. Okay, but used to for the Raiders, as in like a while yeah. oh, ago, yeah. not oh. like five years ago. Yeah, Google it, my young crocs. Jim Otto. All right, we come back. We'll get back to basketball now that Kevin Durant is back and things are starting, hopefully, to turn to normalcy and the focus just being on actual games and not all the pomp and circumstance around it. What are your expectations for this Suns team tonight against Denver and going forward here these next few weeks? It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. A Thursday, Friday morning. It's not Thursday. It's Friday, Wolf. It's Friday for real. Friday, that Friday, finally, Friday. That finally worked in my favor. Last week, I thought it was Saturday <laughs> when I woke up on Thursday, and that was just a double whammy of sadness. But here we are. It's the weekend. Lots going on. we got Suns Nuggets tonight. I would assume it's going to be a little less of a nervous atmosphere. At Footprint Center tonight? Yeah. Wednesday was yeah, kind of like, yeah, we had Bloom on yesterday. He was like, yeah, I purposely didn't watch warm-ups. I told you I was there. I made sure we went and got food right up until about 7 o'clock and then wandered out to our yeah. seats. Well, K-Ray K- was telling us, right? He was telling us that KD went running back in yeah. and said, yes, I, you know, I got through <laughs> that, you know, in a joking kind of way. Yeah. But let's face it, we all were kind of on the edge of our seat. 
Yeah, there's a, a good story on The Athletic by Shams about KD, too, where he did kind of a Q&A. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And we also got to play Kevin or Devin today, too. Ooh, yeah, nice. Because, Rick, do you have the updated standings? I'm on a 1-0 you know? run, oh, I believe. look at right? you on it. Yes. Well, we all took Devin last time. Well, we did, yes. So that was a clear win for all of us. Yeah, so Wolf and I are 2-2. Two and two. Okay. Yeah. You are... Four and out. Four and That's really all I wanted to hear. And Four and out. Maloney is one and three. Are we, well, we going to give her? Well, we're going to give well. her Lauren's pick as a loss. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Definitely. <laughs> That's yeah. unanimous. Sorry. You can't just go on vacation and oh, not lose right. things. We need it's, it's true. vacation. This, you know, look, look at there's vacations <laughs> and then there's leave of absence. Okay. Um, <laughs> she'll be back Monday. <laughs> then there's taking a year off to find yourself. <laughs> then there's sabbatical. <laughs> um, and I know all about sabbaticals. Yeah, every summer for you. <laughs> and winter. What are you um, talking about, Rick? Next? Who's, um, who's making Aaron's pick today when we play that? Do you know? Do we have a... Eric Ruby, okay. Jim. Yeah, all right. So Jim's oh, Jim is doing yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So w- whatever he picks, it's going to be louder than if Aaron just picked it herself. And he's going to say it. He's going to articulate it. Yeah. Right down to the final. He's, he's going to put a twist on it and pick somebody that isn't Devin or Kevin. Yes. Or he's going to pick like a different Kevin somehow. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? He's going to he's going <laughs> to make his prediction, Devin or Kevin, and then he's going to look at you like, what are you going to do about he it? Should, he should end all his updates with, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Yes, I'm Eric Ruby. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> uh, expectations for tonight. I think just the the um, just being able to get back to actual basketball now. It, it has been a yeah. circus this season for the Phoenix Suns. Man, all the way back to last to the end of last season. It feels like a circus has just been going on. Oh, you don't know if, uh, if Jay Crowder's coming back. Okay, now Jay Crowder definitely isn't coming back. Oh, you're going you're gonna to switch owners mid-season. By the way, Boy. we're not sure if you switch owners if you're going to be allowed to make trades because yeah. you're switching owners. <laughs> you just bypassed the entire offseason as well. Well, yeah. You know, DA and what's going on oh, with DA man. and are you going to extend DA? Years ago. And, and, you know, are you going to trade for Kevin Durant in July? Gonna, uh, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What happened between DA and Jay Crowder? <laughs> I'm just saying, Basinonians, what happens in the Dallas Mavericks series? What did, hey, did you see DeAndre Ayton the way he was acting at the opening press conference for the Phoenix Suns? Remember that, that one? Yeah, where he, his money oh doesn't my, talk to me anymore. Oh like, my goodness. Oh, hold on. You I just did, bypassed. I didn't want to. So much drama. Didn't want to overreact to anything, but did. Did DeAndre Ayton just say, Monty doesn't talk to him anymore? <laughs> it was just nuts. Yeah. We when need you to have, think about this past season. Uh, we need to commit, to, probably not us, we need to commit to delegating more work to somebody else if they win the title. <sighs> Somebody's got to put together a montage of of the end of oh. last season through the title run this season if that happens. Because... Yeah, honestly, that montage is going to take like 20 minutes to run through. Oh, my goodness. It really is. It's been a volatile off-season into a volatile season. And Kevin Durant just adds to the volatility. That's the crazy thing about Twice, it. even before he was here. Remember? I mean, that was the talk for half the summer to the yeah. point where you're like, I'm not talking about this guy anymore. Yes, exactly. And then so, you went on your sabbatical. Now, <laughs> okay, stop it with the sabbatical. Okay? <laughs> you can't use stuff against me that right. I have already Let me. Stated. How about a different phrasing for where Aaron is now? Maybe she's entered the transfer portal. 
Maybe that's why. Maybe she's just testing her other options. Okay, um, let's get back to this. What are your expectations for tonight? Um, this is going to be great. I'm expecting a great game tonight. And the reason why I'm expecting that is because I think the Suns see a beautiful opportunity to send them a little message, a little Sicilian message, if you will, again, Let's go out and say, yeah, we know you're the number one seed. We get that. But how does this feel? <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I mean, this, is, this is an opportunity for the Suns to throw themselves up against the number one seed in the Western Conference and do it six games before the postseason begins. A team that you most likely... Um, we don't know who anybody's playing in the first round, but chances are, if you win your first round series, you're playing Denver in the second round. And I'm sure there is a lot of animosity between, at least on on behalf of Nuggets fans and probably yeah. the Nuggets players, because, again, they got embarrassed by the Suns the last time they played. It's not like Jokic was an unknown two years ago. He had just won the MVP right. and got swept right out of the playoffs. And I know everybody outside the city will tell you, well, you don't have Jamal Murray. Okay, well, the Suns didn't have Chris Paul. They didn't have the real Chris Paul. They had a busted up, injured Chris Paul. And those are the playoffs, and it was a sweep. So I'm sure the Nuggets, maybe not so much tonight, but in a few weeks, if they meet again in the playoffs, they probably have like a picture of the Suns up on the wall in the locker room of like, that's our target this yeah. year. Um, so this is uh, Monty Williams practice yesterday talking about how to defend Jokic, a guy, honestly, that DeAndre Ayton has historically fared pretty well against. You're asking me, <laughs> two-time MVP, nobody's figured it out. Um, I just think it's a lot of things, his mindset, his skill set, but how people play around him. You know, if he if you don't guard the guys around him, he's so selfless that he'll make you pay with the pass. Um, he has the skill set to shoot on every level, and he's big, and he's mobile, and can use both hands. There's not anything in his game that he can't do, so he's a, he's a lot like the elite guys in the league. He's just seven foot eight, you know, he's just big. And um, you're just trying your best to limit some of that stuff, but nobody's figured that out yet. Seven foot eight seems a little bit big. Yeah, I think Monty was just embellishing for a fact right there, and why wouldn't you when you're talking about the Joker? The dude is just out of control. 24.9 points per game, 11.9 rebounds per game, 9.9 assists per game. Ladies and gentlemen, if there is such a thing as a point center, it's him. It is. Yeah. There are people out there, there's no such thing as a point center. I've got some brothers that are really good dudes that I love that will tell you there's no such thing as a point center. Okay. You look at this guy, you tell me he's not a point center. Well, that was really what the um, the playoff series a couple of years ago, like you, you hear Monty there, the initial question was, okay, well, how do you how do you stop Nikola Jokic, right? And he's like, well, let's see. He's won the MVP the last two years, and I'm looking on FanDuel right now. Wolf, he is second. The, the, he, Joel Embiid is in favored, is favored right now. Jokic is second, but it's close, and Giannis is up there as well. Yes. So it's going to be close. Either way, he's in the MVP conversation yet again, but when they played them in the playoffs a couple years ago, it was just kind of like, all right, Jokic is going to do what he does. 
we're just going to make make sure nobody else beats us. Right. And that's really what they they did, and it obviously worked very well because they swept them. Yeah, that was it. You know what's fascinating about this? I'm not trying to just railroad what you just said, Luke. I, like I really it. am not. Okay. I know, even though I'm going to steamroll it right now and ignore it. <laughs> so you're not going to railroad it. You're going to steamroll. Not it. even comment on what it is you said. <laughs> but to me, I, I find it really, really interesting because when I used to play, of course, the game of football, ladies and gentlemen, we played uh, in the NFC East when I first came into the league, and of course you would pay, you would play these guys twice. You would you would play them twice a year, and because of that, uh, home and away, of course, ladies and gentlemen, because of that, you got to actually feel like you knew these dudes. Yeah. Like when you played him the second time, you felt like you knew him. Well, of course, you know, in the game of basketball, I think that that potential is is only cultivated even more because you do play these guys so much. And now you've got an opportunity right now where not only are you playing them tonight, but you're playing them again before the end of the season. And it could be a different Denver Nuggets team at that point in time. We were talking about this earlier. That's game number 80. Might be a lot of sitting, if you know what I mean. They, they're going to have the top spot locked up well before then. Right, but tonight is an opportunity. It is to say, okay. If we meet you in the postseason, <laughs> this is what you got coming. It is, it, you you know, know, I mean, it, it is. It is a good chance to get in their heads a little bit. Again, if you go out there and just kind of handle Denver tonight. Oh, yeah, you guys are the number one seed. By the way, that means nothing when the playoffs start. Yeah, can I bring it down to even not not up here? You're up here still, and that's really, like really good. I know you, <laughs> you're up here. My you're strategic. Place. Okay. I'm talking about tactical. I'm talking about jabbing some guy, elbowing him in the ribs and letting him know what he's in store for if we go to a seven-game series. You know what I'm, I'm yeah. talking about? Bringing it down when you say to that, the individual level, the player to player level. You know what? I have, this is what you got waiting for you, dude. I just keep thinking of Booker and Jokic getting in each other's faces at the end of that series, and Jokic's two brothers who are taller than seven foot eight standing up in the crowd. That's when you, when you talk about throwing elbows and sending a message in yeah. case you play again. Hey, that's what I think of. You know what? Um, some of the biggest dudes you're ever going to come across are soft as butter. Never I, forget that. I would say a message was sent two years ago. I mean, this is basically Denver's same team. I would say, to a certain extent, you've already sent a message to Denver. You could send another one. Was it Sicilian, though? It was eliminated from the playoffs. (laughs) The end. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to get into all the latest headlines in sports. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is right around the corner. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.